yeah, we wanted uh, we wanted to talk about a bunch of Marvel stuff because um, Dustin and I went on hiatus. Marvel release started releasing things, and I think like the last thing we all talked about was like maybe Black Widow, or um, yeah, Black Widow, and and then that was uh that was it for a while. Um, so the main purpose of us talking tonight was just I just we had we hadn't sat down to talk about any of these things in like kind of in depth um so i don't know if we want to go in order or if we want to just like you know kind of briefly mention what we're talking about and then just talk about whatever everyone is gravitating towards but anybody listening under the purview of us talking tonight after black widow and after we went on hiatus they uh, marvel released uh wand no sorry you already did one vision um yeah or loki might have been the last thing we talked about but they released um shang chi and the legend of the ten rings uh uh what if uh eternals um hawkeye spider-man no way home i believe those are like what the five things that have come out since so as we're recording this, we're kind of in the the what's available is like the, I think the fourth episode of Moon Knight is what's available on Disney Plus, but we're going to talk about that another time when it's done, and then probably Doctor Strange the next time we get together and do our next little catch up. Um, so yeah, so you guys got to see, let's see of those movies seen in theaters, the only thing. Well, none of it. I didn't get to see any of that in theaters. I saw, I watched every single one of those things I just mentioned on Disney plus. And then I didn't see Spider-Man until like April 15th or whenever, when my Blu-ray came in the mail and I watched it at home. Uh, and I watched it twice, uh, in, in one day. Damn. So, yeah. Um, so I don't know what y'all it's want. It's nothing to... compared to that one guy that watched it 290 times. That dude's spending like three grand on movies. Well, yeah. Like a thousand. Like, I yeah. read too, that several of his attempts were disqualified because he got up to use the restroom. So you can't even like leave at all. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. How many hours? Is I think that? it was like nine times. Uh, I think I read it was like some like, uh, 30 days or something like that. Man, you thirty. You spend an entire month of your life watching Spider Man. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That that's too much. That's too much life. Imagine too, like 30, 30 days not working, and so you're probably right. hemorrhaging money, and then you're spending thousands of dollars in a single month <laughs> to do the same activity repeatedly for no reason. Like, what's the point in that? It's like the the Guinness the the record isn't longest theater stretch. It's how how quickly can I get sick of something? And that was that was <laughs> right. the contest. Yes. Right. And for him, it was probably like six days. Yep. I, I'm sorry to derail the conversation, but I have to ask, John, is that a Simpsons arcade cabinet behind you that's blurred out? It is. Yeah. 100%. Is yes. Yeah. That is awesome. Okay. That's sorry. Cool. No, that's, that's not Marvel related. <laughs> no, I can. Every yes, time he it's the arcade one up version. Yeah, must specify, but uh, yes, it is. But it is Disney related now. It's true. Yeah, for better or worse. (laughs) I was watching on Disney Plus. Like there was some thing they just made, like some Billie Eilish thing with met with uh, Lisa, and it was three minutes long. And I was like, I haven't watched any Simpsons stuff since you know Disney bought Fox. And one of the things I noticed was like, be thankful. 
the Gracie Films logo at the end yeah. in the theater. I didn't notice. I didn't realize this, but there's a Mickey is now in the audience in that theater. Did Did you guys watch? Speaking of Marvel, did you watch the Marvel crossover thing that they did? Yes. The short film. It's horrible. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Have they gone downhill? Since? I say that as a as a huge Simpsons fan. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen on television i haven't watched the simpsons like the current stuff in about three to five years mm-hmm. but I remember, I remember even then like everybody was like this is terrible and i was like it's fine yeah yeah i have no beef with the actual simpsons but that yeah. that marvel short was are- awful have they yeah. gone downhill like overall since the disney uh merger or not merger <laughs> merger <laughs> i don't think so takeover hostile takeover i yeah. I, I, have, I haven't watched any of the actual episodes since then but hmm. sorry i i'd completely derailed us i'm sorry no, Jum- no, jumping back to marvel it's marvel related no sure. it's fine it's i think it's so <laughs> funny that like rupert murdoch was like i'm not sure that fox is big enough to compete in the streaming space and bob Iger was like that's right that's right, Rupert. You're not. You're nothing, Rupert. You're nothing. Quit, Rupert. Join me. Yes. <laughs> he could have been like, no, man, you're fine. Uh, well, you know, you might have something there. Maybe you want to sell. Um. Anyway, yeah. Um. Yeah, guys, I don't know where, where y'all want to start, if at all. Okay, I'll ask you this. This might be a good way to start. Of those things I just mentioned, Shang-Chi. Did you say do we want to start at all? Where we want to start? <laughs> do you want to start? I don't know right where now. you want to start, if at all. It's like, <laughs> um, of of these five things: Shang Chi, Turtles, Spider Man, What If, Hawkeye. What is your Turtles? What did I say? Eternals. Turtles. Oh, <laughs> you say Turtles. Eternals. No, oh. Eternals. <laughs> what is if of those five things? What was the one you guys probably enjoyed the most? Movies and shows, which thing did you like after you watched it? We were like, like, would you say was your favorite of those five things? I would say Spider Man, but I was, I was predispositioned to like that almost. Like, I knew that going in that that would probably be my favorite, but I would say Hawkeye surprised me too. I wasn't expecting it to like it as much as I did. I think, I think Spider Man's probably my favorite, but Spider Man is my favorite character of all of the properties mentioned. So mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. Um, but I was surprised by how much I enjoyed Loki. Like, I didn't expect to actually enjoy any of the shows, but I enjoyed Loki um, better than any of the others. I just realized too. I said predispositioned, <laughs> predisposed, predisposed. It's a long day, old and tired. <laughs> a long day filled with playing the Simpsons arcade. <laughs> what um? What was y'all's least favorite thing then? Would it be Eternals? Um, uh, it would be Shang Chi for me. Yeah, Shang Chi totally for me. Oh, it would be either be Shang Chi or Hawkeye for me. Okay, so everyone yeah. enjoyed uh, What If probably in the middle then. Uh, what yeah. If's also on the very low end. Okay, <laughs> What If What If was kind of like a roller coaster for me. I enjoyed certain episodes and then other episodes. You know. Sure. Uh, the quality varied wildly to me, but yeah. I I would say what I enjoyed the most, and maybe it, this is just right now. Um, I would say right now it's a tie between what if and Spider-Man for me. Okay. Um, I, I thought what if finished really strong and I was, I was really into like the whole, like, Oh, this, this, we're going to spoil everything just so everybody knows all this stuff is available to watch. 
yeah. and nothing's in theater. So we're, you know, um, yeah. I, I loved the whole, like, wait a minute, this wasn't supposed to happen. And then like, finally we have like an episode carry over into the next episode and it finally got mm-hmm. serialized. And I loved the whole Ultron with the stones and just the complete chaos of that whole story. And, um, and everyone coming together to fight. I just, I, I enjoyed that a lot. So what if was more of like a surprise? Cause I, I, for the most part, I would move with you, John, most of the, most of the episodes, I wasn't like, Whoa, how enjoyable. I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of fun. That's fun to explore, but none of this means anything. And it kind of still doesn't. Right. Um, but there were episodes like that early one with Dr. Strange, which was like, Oh my God, like that was a, that was a really cool episode. I thought, and, and, really sad and really just like messed up. Um, and the episode just ends with him literally alone in the universe. And then, all right, see you next right. week. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then I felt that what if almost like, like sold themselves short initially because that first episode I thought was not very good because it was taking this great premise of what if something different changed in the, in, in these things that you know really well, and it's radically different. And that was just kind of like a remake of the first Avenger with Peggy Carter in the role of Captain America. Um, and so I was like, Ugh. and then I think it was the second episode had T'Challa as Star-Lord, which yeah. was completely different. And I was like, okay, that's kind of what the show should be. So any episode that really broke out of, you know, this story and the characters are different and it was its own story. It was original. That yeah. was, that was when it really worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, it never worked. Um, and, and it was, it, it, it was such a slog for me because that first episode really left me with a sour taste in my mouth because you're right. It's just the, the first Avenger retold, but in a much less interesting way. And then, and then the, with the second one, it was like, it, it, to me, it just felt like it's novel, but it doesn't mean anything. And then, and then as it kept going, you started to get things like, okay, the zombie episode. And I'm like, oh, okay, zombies are popular, but like, yeah, whatever, this means nothing to me. And then like the things just kept like snowballing. And it was just like for every actor who wasn't a part of it, it took me out for every yeah, like, that. likeness that was off. It took me out for every just like nonsensical change, just like that didn't even serve the what if story like um like the the party bro thor thing where i'm just like that's a that's like what two people were joking about and they just said let's make it an episode and i'm just like i i'm not interested in that like if if the what if premise is what if he had a party it's like that that's so inconsequential i don't care about this why am i spending any of my day watching this and then and then even at the end where it got like somewhat interesting because it became something yeah i still thought like the only part of this i care about is the watcher and ultron and all of these other characters i hate all of them every one of them i hate them i hate this version of t'challa i hate this version of thor i hate this version of peggy carter i hate everything and i was just watching it going i I care about none of this so yeah it's going to be on the low end for me because I hated every minute of that finale. I hated every minute of most of that entire show. And, and I felt like it was a waste of my, my time for the first time in a Marvel thing. I felt like this is a complete and total waste of my time, money grab bull crap that shouldn't exist. 
And and that's as harsh as I've ever been on anything Marvel's ever made. Yes. Because but it feels it feels to me so much like, hey, strike while the iron's hot. What can we do? I don't know. Throw the voices together in a blender and see what comes out. And it's just like, I I don't I don't care. And even if Doctor Strange, too, does the legwork to be like, look, it meant something. It's still going to be like, I don't care. I don't care if you show me Peggy Carter in live action as Captain America. And it's like, oh, it meant something. I don't care. That version of the character means nothing to me. So um, you, you can't ask me to care for Peggy Carter as Captain America after spending 27 minutes with her in the same way that I do for Steve Rogers after spending 10 films with him. Like there's there's no comparison and it's a waste of my time. So can we count you in for the second season? <laughs> Absolutely not. It would have to pull off a miracle to get me to care about that. But if yeah. I was in it, then I would watch every episode. Thank you. Okay, that's all it's, I want to know. It's that's what it. if what if John played the Simpsons arcade? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would watch every we don't episode. Have to ponder of that. that. Already <laughs> happened. Sell it, John. Sell it. Yeah. The watchers, the watchers, like like behind you in your wall, like you've got one more quarter. Come on. And then I hit him across the face with Bart Simpson's skateboard. There's, there's a quarter under the couch. Come on, it's right there. Look at it. <laughs> You're so close. What are you doing? Get up. Um, I just now, want to see the post credit scene where Dan Castellaneta plays like a FedEx guy who delivers something to your house. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. For for me, I, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I, again, I, I kind of went in with low expectations with what if. And so for me, it was, it was more just like anytime they were gimmicky with the voices, I was like, all right, let's hurry it up. And then when they did something kind of cool, I was like, all right, that's that's kind of neat. And I think like there were enough big moments in there to keep me like, especially with Ultron killing everyone. The universe is totally quiet. Um, I was on a thrill ride at least at the, the end of what if although. And so this weekend I, I watched those last two uh, on like Sunday. But there might be a reason I didn't start the series from the beginning <laughs> and then go all the sure. way through to those. Those are by far the better, the best two of, you know as they probably should be. Yeah. I did like the finale because I, I always felt like Ultron should, he, he was only in that one film and yeah. which yeah, is odd. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I kind of liked that. They kind of admitted that, you know, maybe he should have kept going and, and used him as the villain in this. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And see if, if they had done an animated series that was like the actual characters that in the actual universe that we like, and Oh, and here's Ultron. And then he ascends and meets the watcher who was narrating the whole thing. And you do basically the whole exact same thing, but it's characters that we know and like, then to me it would feel earned. But to Fair me, enough. this doesn't feel earned. It, it, it It's the equivalent of like watching, you know, 10 seasons of your favorite show. Like, like imagine, imagine watching nine seasons of Seinfeld. And then the 10th season is, Oh, and in this one, Jerry is played by Marlon Wayans. And it's like, what? This makes no sense. Do, do you ever watch sitcoms where it's like one episode is like, what if they were back in time? I mean, there's like this always sunny episode like that. Yeah. It's like, what is this? And it's, oh, it's like yeah. the worst episode of any given show, you know? That's correct. Or or whenever they decide to do like a musical episode for one episode, it's kind of like it's so jarringly different, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, get, I get what you're saying. But but I but look, at, at the end of the day, I mean, I see the merit in it and I see why people enjoy it. 
um, I think it all comes down to that finale. It all comes down to those those moments where the story finally comes together <clears throat> into something uh, uniform. Um, and that's what people that I talk to who enjoy it always come back to. And I see the merit in that. Um, I just hate that it took me so long. It took the show so long to get there. Um, I mean, granted, you can't do that in episode one because it there's it wouldn't mean anything. But at the same time, by the time we spend this amount of time with characters I don't care about, then I also don't care about. And so for me, it has like this reaction where you, you can't win for losing. I guess since we're talking about the shows right now, we can just go ahead and talk about Hawkeye real quick and then we'll maybe just move into the movies. But Hawkeye, I remember Hawkeye was another one that kind of started off slow for me. Um, now, I will say, I'll address a popular criticism of the show was that a lot of people complained the show is way too much about Kate Bishop. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think and I, I, don't think I, don't, I don't think that either. And one, yeah. Hawkeye, the show is not called Clint Barton. It's not, you know, it's, it's called Hawkeye. It's kind of meant to have a, a double meaning to mean both him and her. So yeah, you need to do what's called building character and focus on this new person. And that's, I'll say this about the phase four stuff. That's, you know, that's not sequels. You know, the, the problem with following phase three is that phase three was a big culmination. Everything was building to something. And now we're back in the, the phase of we're going to, establish characters to introduce new characters. We're going to introduce worlds and rules and things like that. And so it's easy to kind of feel like, you know, emotionally, like a lot of this stuff lacks something, but it's really, it's just because we're in the rebuilding phase and we had, we have to remember what it was like in phase one of the MCU. And she's like, Oh, now we're going to have a four movie. What's that going to be like? And, you know, and I'd still, I'd say phase four is still, well, I don't know if it's better than phase one so far, but like the, it's still doing more fun crossover stuff that we didn't know we wanted when we were back in phase one. We just knew yeah, we were think, building to it. I think the reason the rebuild feels weird to some people is you have to address what came before. Yeah. Like the, the thing about act one, phase one is it's act one and, and, and you're establishing everything for the first time. But if in phase four, they're just like, okay, and now here's the show about, uh, about Kate Bishop, but there's no tie to anything before, then it's also going to feel weird because it's like, you have to, you have to address the fact that like people disappeared for five years. You have to address the fact that she's doing what Hawkeye did. Like you yeah. have to include him. And so there, it, the reason I think it feels weird is it's not as focused on one individual character but essentially we're tackling the legacies of the original Avengers characters and what that means moving forward. And y'all know me. I love love me some sidekicks and I love the idea of legacy in superhero uh, fiction. And so I, I love that aspect of it. And so anybody who complains about Kate Bishop being in it a lot, I'm like, well, yeah, but that she has to be. And that's cool. Give it like five years, she will be the Hawkeye in the MCU. There won't be any more Jeremy yeah. Renner, you know? Yeah, correct. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. It I, has to start it, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the first couple of episodes of this were really shaky for me. They, I was like, Ugh, to the point where I was like, oh, this is not very good. And then it kind of turned around. It got, it, it kind of got more fun. And I thought the direction got better as it went. And some episodes mm-hmm. were still like, oh, that one wasn't as good. But, but it did hit, hit its stride. And, um, 
I really liked Haley Steinfeld and uh, Jeremy Renner together. I think Haley Steinfeld is great just in general. And, uh, but it was great because obviously we never got a Hawkeye movie. So kind of fleshing out that character more, um, it, it, it really helped. Um, and it was great seeing that more comedic side because Hawkeye was always like a, a more comedic character, but he was never in any movie very much. So um, I like that aspect of it too. And I got to say he was wasted at the end, but I did like that build up to, I guess spoilers or whatever, yeah, but, yeah. but the, the reveal of the Kingpin as kind of the big bad, I thought, I thought he was completely wasted in the finale, but it was like nice seeing that. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I thought his reveal was, was interesting with the, the Grinch music and everything like yeah. that. So yeah. For me, like I, earlier I said, this was on the, the lower end. That's because I completely forgot that what if existed. So what if definitely is, is <laughs> I, I, I would, what I, if came after your family? What if held Dustin me Dole for Hardum. ransom for hours, man? I, I hate that thing. But, but the point is, so, so Hawkeye, I don't hate as much as what if for sure. Uh, Hawkeye has a lot of really good pieces. I love Kate Bishop. I lo- like you said, I love the chemistry she has with Jeremy Renner. I love what they do with Jeremy Renner's character here. I love the reveal at the end that um, that his wife may have more to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. than we thought. I love the idea of uh, of Kingpin. I love the idea of like, you know, a New York based story at Christmas. Like, I love yeah. all of these cool pieces. The guy that plays. Um, so, well, if we talk about the cast, I love uh, the 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 actress who plays Echo, I love uh, mm-hmm. uh, Farmiga, of course. Um, uh, Tony Dalton, who plays um, her stepfather, yeah, um, is he was great. Fan- he's fantastic. I love that guy. He's really good. Yeah, um, and that was a great red herring too, because I totally thought he was like not on the up and up, and it was yeah, great that he was sure. just a, a dude at the end, just a guy. <laughs> yeah, um, just but, a good dude. But yeah. just my, a guy, a good yeah, dude for good sure. Dude. My beef with the show is I found I I thought it was incredibly boring for most of it. Um, like I found myself bored. So I don't hate anything about it. I just don't have any strong feelings whatsoever. Um, and and that's where it it kind of loses momentum for me because I'm looking at it and I'm so disengaged with the story that I'm focused on like shot composition and editing and mm-hmm. all of these things that I shouldn't be looking at the first time through. I should be in the story. And right. I was only very rarely actually in the story. I had the same issues with the, the, the first couple episodes where I understand because it's character appropriate for the plot to kind of for it, for the, for Barton to reluctantly kind of get involved in this whole plot for him to kind of realize like, crap the suits out there i need to go after it. i need to protect my identity all this stuff and for to establish to, to make it believable that these two characters are caught up in this thing but de- the definite downside is we're spending like two episodes like getting the plot to start to kind of get started but i really but i i agree like it was cool that jeremy renner had like a a big a lot of real estate to actually like do some more nuanced work with hawkeye and mm-hmm. I mean, we knew it was coming, but I, it was cool just to see Florence Pugh come back um, to see what the it just that 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 scene where, you know, how she experienced the snap, like how it feels, you know, in real time for you. Um, I had completely forgotten that she was going to be in this. So when she showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, oh my God. yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like a pleasant little surprise, you know, yeah, same. 
I mean, I think the show, one of the things that I didn't like about it is it, I feel like they allowed a little bit too much like improv. And I'm, I, I got the vibe that it was really fun to make for all the actors. But like pace wise, I was like, y'all need to cut an extra joke here and there and just and we're standing here, you know, making jokes about some turn of phrase or something. And let's go. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Especially that like 20 minute sequence where they're LARPing for no apparent reason. And I then, love the and, LARPing. And then it comes back later and it's just like, oh, God, oh why are we? <laughs> I, I really love the LARPing, though. <laughs> I liked him with his little foam sword. He like he, he puts it up and everything like, what the what the fuck am I doing here? It's a it's a really funny premise, but should not be as long as it was. And those characters should not be named. They're LARPer one, LARPer two, LARPer three. <laughs> well, there one of them was played by a SCAD student that uh, I think you and I uh, may have worked with one or t- once or twice, Dustin. I don't want to. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'll say it. I might cut it out. But do you remember Adele Drejos? She's she's one of the LARPers. She's even in the making of. She like talks. I was like, oh, the more I think about it, the more I wonder. I think I think I edited her senior film. Really? <laughs> Sweet. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with these characters and stuff like this next. But uh, I thought Hawkeye was was solid. It wasn't one of those where I was like, oh, at the end, it was it, it finished pretty well. Um, Can we talk about Loki next. I thought we already talked. Didn't we all talk about Loki? Did we talk about Loki? I thought we did too. Oh, okay. Well, we I like did. Loki. I just wanted to talk about I like Loki I too. Like. Loki is great. <laughs> yeah. Loki, Loki okay. is probably more. Loki was solid. More, Loki was better than most things on the list that we're talking about tonight. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to hear us talk about Loki, including Dustin, who doesn't remember doing it, <laughs> uh, go back and listen to that episode <laughs> of uh, of Loki. Uh, Maybe we talked about it when it was, we, you know, maybe there was like an episode or two left to air or no, something. There's there. We, yeah, we, we would, we would never have done that. Okay. <laughs> I would not have allowed that to happen. Um, so Shang-Chi, um, I think I would talk to you both briefly about it. Maybe my big issue with Shang-Chi was that the middle of the movie is real slow. Probably one of the best like fight sequences in the movie is like the very first one in the bus. It's just great. But any, any, anytime I can see, I'm looking at someone channeling Jackie Chan, um, reminding me so much of all this, this, all these in-camera stunts. Like there was all this stuff that was really, really great and impressive about Simu Liu and, and about the, the action choreography. Um, those stunt choreographers were on corridor digital. A lot of those, those, those guys, a lot of those Marvel fight choreographers end up going on there a lot. And so you get to hear them talk about staging these sequences, like whether it's from civil war or, or black Panther or, other movies, but, um, the guys who, uh, choreographed a lot of this were on, were on that YouTube channel. And just to hear them talk about and see behind the scenes footage of just how much goes into making a movie like this, making fights like that work is really cool. And it's almost makes it sadder when the, when the end sequence is just so heavily CGI, it's still cool. There's still areas of it that are, that are pretty neat, but it's just this big dragon, (laughs) Um, doing, doing stuff. And, um, again, there's cool things about it, but it's not like what I think of when I go Shang-Chi's great. I'm not thinking of the climax of the film in the village with the dragons and all the ILM computers. I'm thinking of the bus and the scaffolding fight. And I'm thinking of Simu Liu specifically. I just thought he was really charismatic 
and uh i just was happy to see a movie that i enjoyed <laughs> uh except yeah. for you know some some large flaws you know yeah i would i would say for me the reason it ranked so low was it just felt like one of those Marvel movies that they don't really make anymore. It was kind of like we moved past and it just kind of felt like a, a kind of a bland first movie from, from a character. Um, I thought there was like a really good father son relationship in there somewhere. And it just got lost completely. Um, uh, and the third act was all over the place. Um, it, it just became this C- giant CGI mess. Um, but I will say, I like I did love that bus fight, and I thought it's weird because I wasn't super hot on the movie, but I did like the cast a lot. Particularly, I thought Simu was great, and I can't wait to see more of the character of Shang Chi. Even if the movie didn't really do it for me, um, I'm very curious to see how he's integrated into the universe going forward. And I thought he was great. So more of the character. Yeah. Um, I remember like there's like a scene where the dad is being held by the dragon. And earlier in the movie, he had said something along the lines of like, I'll give you the rings when I feel you're ready to handle them or whatever. And there's like a shot of the dad and uh, he releases the rings to him. And but it's, it's just like that right there could have been framed better. Like like that's like the core of the movie. And it's like just lost in this massive action sequence. It was like the father finally, you know, being proud of his son and accepting that he has to give up his legacy. And it's just kind of like it's gone within seconds and back to the action. And I don't know. That was kind of indicative of the way I saw the problems of that movie. It was just, yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. All I over agree. the place. I, I, I think, so I, I listened to somebody talk about it and they, they mentioned that it's a, it's a perfect example of why provide and withhold is so important to the audience. Um, and that they don't provide enough to the audience at any point for us to get emotionally connected to our character. So for instance, we, we find out all of this flashback stuff about Shang-Chi later uh, in the movie. And like when we first meet him, he's just like a dude, just a valet. And we don't know any more about him than Aquafina does. And then we learn as the film goes along and what the, this, this essayist was talking about was if, if we had known all the backstory maybe not at the front, but much earlier in that moment towards the end when Shang-Chi says, you know, has this moment where he's like, you know, I'm afraid of what I'm going to become, like what I was raised to be was an assassin. And there's that moment. And I think he, he does mention that he killed the guy. Is that right? That he was sent to kill. And like, he has this like post-traumatic thing, but the first and only time we see that is in that one scene had we been introduced to that concept much earlier, it would have flavored his character and given us something to to latch onto. And granted, you don't want to make it too melodramatic and be like, oh, you know, I'm 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 just so racked with guilt. But at the same time, that's an interesting angle. Yeah. The, the idea it that add texture dad, to the rest of the movie. Exactly. The idea yeah. that dad raised me to be this. I don't want to be this. And now, like my thought is that line i'll give the rings to you when you're ready the culmination of that line is shang chi will never be ready in his father's eyes and it's shang chi then coming to terms with the fact that i'll never be able to please my father i'll never make him proud but at this point do i want to do i want to make that man proud and and it should have been a final battle between the two where shang chi instead of is given the rings has to take 
Um, and, and it's an idea that, that he, uh, he has to grapple with just, just, just the idea that I'll never be enough for him. And, and then sort of juxtapose that with the idea that even when I was nothing, I was enough for Aquafina, right? Like she's my friend and she's accepted me in a way that my dad never would regard. She accepted me when I was a valet and she accepted, accepted me when I told her that I was an assassin. My dad will never accept me. And like that juxtaposition would have been really cool narrative through line, but it was never followed through on. And, and there's a lot of like missed opportunity in Shang-Chi and that's, that's the sad part of it for me. But I agree with you. I think that um, I'm excited to see more of that character. And I hope they do with him what they eventually did with Thor, which is allow somebody with a take on that character to have free reign and give us a version of Shang-Chi that's, you know, the, the version of Thor that we got in Ragnarok and presumably Love and Thunder is going is is far deeper and 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 more interesting than the thor that came before and don't get me wrong i i i like the i like thor one um dark world but i i I like the first thor movie but but taika's take on that character is far more interesting so i'm hoping that something similar happens with shang chi that we just get somebody who has a good take on it and um and so yeah i i'm I'm excited for the character but the movie does not much for me and I, I also got to talk to you about that scaffolding, like the fight in the, um, what was like the pit arena. Yeah. Thing. Well, well, yeah. yeah. Um, there's the sequence where he's, he's fighting the uh, assassin that was sent to kill Shang-Chi, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like backlit by like a big uh, digital billboard yeah, and they're yeah, fighting. Yeah. And I, I just been rewatching a lot of the Daniel Craig Bond films for no time to die. <laughs> and there's a great Skyfall. sequence in uh, Skyfall. Yeah. yeah. And which is, which was, it's like a longer take and they're like silhouetted against this billboard. And I was, I was like, Oh, when that, when that scene popped up in Shang-Chi, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be cool. And then they just cut immediately from it. Like, like I felt like it was just, I don't know the the way it was it was cut and put together. The action sequences were just kind of it felt like a lesser movie than it should have was, been. You was know? that Roger Deakins? The was. Deakins yeah. Skyfall. Yes. Yeah, yep. you can't out Deakins. Deakins. Uh, well, I, I get. That. I'm not expecting <laughs> that, but but it was odd that it would it would. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is an interesting comparison. No, I I I I still think the action sequences were again aside from the finale, just because it's so CG heavy. Um, I thought the action sequences were really well conceived uh, and really well constructed technically. I just think that this, the movie got bogged down by all the lore they had to introduce. And uh, I, I don't it's, know, part of me wonders if because Shang-Chi is a, is a, is a Chinese character and they were trying to sell the movie overseas. And with as much as I've been, I've read a whole book about how China affects the box office and plot and stuff. I just wonder how much of this, I don't know how much of this came from the Chinese film office as like must runs, basically like include this lore, put this stuff in there, but no matter where it came from, it just felt cluttered with, with mysticism that I didn't think maybe it was culturally rich, but it ultimately was just like, I feel like I was, I feel like I was, I, like a, it was like a summer reading thing. Like here, you're going to read the Odyssey and here's all these characters and make sure you understand their whole life story and their lore as it relates to these modern characters you're following. And I just think that the movie got bogged down in that. Like I, I love the style 
I like the character. And so in that sense, John, I'm, I, I want to see more of him and mm-hmm. this kind of approach, but I wouldn't want to see another movie that's just like this, that feels like this and is paced like this. Right. There, I, kind another- of, I kind of agree with what Dustin said. Like, like the great thing about Ragnarok and Thor going forward is that it leans really into Chris Hemsworth's strengths. And I feel like if you did that with Simu, you could have those, those results as well, where it, the film would be better because of it. Um, so if they, if they kind of go that route, I would be on board with that. It would be good. The reason all that happened was because the Russos in general and being the shepherds of, you know, the, the infinity saga, they had a particular interest in chipping away at, at the characters built out identities. That's why Thor gains weight, and, you know, and, and then they, they continued this arc from Taika's take on him where it's his eye back. Yeah. Like do, do we want, do we want to have, does he even want the throne? Like, what is he, you know, what is, what does Thor want? What is Thor going through? And then the same with, I mean, I want to credit the Russos too heavily. It's, it's kind of what everyone wants to do with the characters, especially towards infinity war and, and Endgame was like, chip away at Tony Stark's built out identity. Captain America's built out identity. It was all about kind of challenging identity. So if that's going to be what they're doing again with these characters in the phase, I'm here for it because that does tend to lend to every actor's diverse skill set and, and range as actors. But I would say narratively, would that not be boring? Because if we're going to have the same long arc character wise over this, these next three presumably phases of, of Marvel, like it might be good, but it, I I don't know. I, I don't know what else I what, what I'd expect otherwise though. So in that sense, uh, yes, a, a, a cautioned yes. I think it would be good. And I will say too, this film did like uh, for pandemic era box office really great. Like everyone I've talked to loved it. So I feel like I'm in the minority here. But um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so it did well. I will definitely see more of this character. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so let's, I'll say this for Eternals. Um, I didn't expect much. Um, I appreciated how it certainly was different and it certainly felt different and it felt largely like, like, like a director's film, like more than Marvel can tend to sometimes. I had to watch it a couple of times before I really understood what was going on gotta say there's a whole lot of like again kind of confusing you learn learning a lot of names what's a deviant and then oh the deviants are they're bad well they're not bad well they're bad but they're not like not like simplistic bad and so i was just having trouble keeping up like okay who's lying to who and what's true and so whenever that happens i kind of get tripped up um but uh there was a lot to like about eternals It, it it felt it didn't feel very Marvel like to me. Um, uh, it just felt like its own thing, um, which again, I both liked and then kind of at the same time thought I'm distracted by my struggle to see how this will integrate <laughs> or if it will integrate uh, with other things. Like, I don't really know if I want to see the Eternals team up with any other Marvel characters because after a while you get too many of these like super powerful celestials and laser people together, then like what's going to be exciting about their, them struggling. I don't know. Maybe that's why they split them up and they sent some of them to space. And then one of them flew into the sun and died. <laughs> so 
They took the They're most gonna powerful pick one of those groups that split at the end, and yeah. one of them is going to have like a horrible circumstance. And it's like, oh, yeah. we're going to keep using these other characters, though, if people like them. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like by splitting them in half, it's like, oh, well, the other half can just, you know. Well, yeah, we we'll tuck them away. <laughs> with Icarus, they're like, "Hey, you're the most powerful character, so um, we're not only going to have you like kind of just stop fighting everyone because you would totally kill them easily. Um, we can't have you in other movies because your your plot you're you're a threat to plot tension. So at the end of the movie, you're going to feel guilty, stop fighting the heroes, and you're going to fly into the sun and die. I don't a little know. Little on the nose, but it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, your name's Icarus. A little. Great. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, for me, a couple things. I don't mind mythology. I, I love dark, like deep lore. Um, so like the Jack Kirby deep lore kind of stuff. I, I'm I'm here for that. Like I love over on the DC side. I love Jack Kirby's work with the the fourth world and like all of the new gods and um, the battle between New Genesis and Apocalypse and and all of that stuff is so deep and and like dense, but I'm OK with it. And so so similarly here, I'm like, I'm OK with this. Like the, the lore doesn't bother me. What bothers me is I didn't what care if? much. <laughs> that's, that's what really bothers me. Let's circle you know back what, around. You know, what grinds my gear. Uh, what if? Um, so it, it, it's mostly like I didn't care much for our main character, for Cersei. I, I didn't I didn't feel like I was super connected with her. Um, and uh, the sim- similar things, similar feelings for the other group, uh, the other members of the group, too, is just kind of like. I felt like I knew enough about them that like I knew them, but not enough that I could care about them. Um, so it was like a weird, weird place to be. Like you think about like Angelina Jolie and her relationship with Gilgamesh. And it's like, OK, th- this is interesting to me, um, but it it's just not enough to to do anything with. Um, and so I feel like especially for some, like she's obviously the biggest name in the film that she she just felt kind of wasted in, in the, in the film. Um, and then, you know, like, uh, Camille Nanjiani, I love, and yeah. I felt like he did a really good job, but yeah. again, it's like, I knew him, but I didn't really care for him. And he just kind of pieced out too. So it's just kind of like, Oh, okay. Um, and so, you know, it's just one of those movies where I feel like it, it's fine when you're watching it, but it's ultimately kind of forgettable. Um, and, and, a couple things. One, obviously, like the the similarities between these characters and the Justice League, it's kind of blatant in some some respects. And and then especially like not even Marvel can let Superman be a good guy. Like everyone's got to make him a bad guy all the time. And I'm just so sick of that. Um, and then and then weirdly, what what's the name of the guy that played Icarus? I can't remember. Richard um, Madden. Richard Madden. So Richard Madden and Kit Harrington are both in this film. I was a solid third, like one third of this film in before I realized they were different people. They look so freaking similar. <laughs> well, they're both, now, they're both, they're both, they're both in Game of Thrones. They, they play brothers. So milk, milk toast, nondescript white dudes. And I'm just like, <laughs> From I don't know who you are. And so they keep showing up and I'm like, isn't that that guy from earlier that, <laughs> was was with her but now they're dating but they don't know and then i'm like i don't understand this but and Kit then it Harrington finally never wears like, like armor 
He's just in a no, coat. No, but I thought it was the same man. Like in, like in human same... disguise, like in human clothes? <laughs> no, in I Dustin's thought they... defense, a lot of them do wear like street clothes but and then in the, transition in the into same, the armor. They're in the same scene very early on. Like they meet each other. And they're like, but, but they look so freaking similar. The actors, if you put if you put both of those men in front of me in person and I was like touching both of their shoulders, I think I was touching one man. <laughs> I would like describe that. I don't think they look similar. very similar, but I, but I like I like your train of thought on this. Though. L- literally, <laughs> there's two people in front of me with four shoulders, and I'm touching two shoulders, and I think it's one man. This is a confusing word problem. <laughs> <laughs> if if they have two shoulders, two people have four shoulders. But they're one two, man. Two people with four shoulders. I've got okay. I've got four eyeballs looking at me, and I can't tell the difference. I think I'm just seeing double. It's like the parent trap up in here. Some I I, I thought they pulled a Winklevoss, and it was the same dude twice. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, for me, I don't. I agree with both of you. Like like I agree with Uber that I like this um, because it was different and when it was kind of like a big swing for marvel and this isn't it's not like a stanley kubrick movie or anything like a big swing is still a very commercial film for marvel right yeah but but it was different and it kind of i don't know it deviated away from a lot of the strokes that uh, marvel film usually has and it it it, i think it thought it was deeper than it was but i appreciated that at least kind of swung for that um and uh, i thought the direction was good i i I agree. Like a lot of the characters didn't really connect with me. Um, Cersei, I thought was, you know, one of those characters that I just didn't really connect with. Um, but I did like some of the, uh, the, you know, the other characters. I thought the um, uh, Druig was that the character that yes. used mind control. I thought he was interesting. He I, was I like liked the, the most interesting of all. Of yeah. Them. yeah. Um, I liked Gilgamesh and I liked Fastos and um, I forget the character's name, but Lauren Ridloff plays her. She's on the walking dead. Um, and the, so like the, the speedster. Yes. Yeah. Mark, Mark Hari. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, is that not Fastos? Fastos is, uh, uh Brian Tyree Henry. He was, the, he was from, the engineer. Yeah. The guy Why from are you going to yeah. name a character Fastos <laughs> and have a speedster and the speedster is not well, Fastos. It's, it's fast. It's Fastos. And it's, Festos. it's kind of like, but to the, oh, here's the okay. thing though. It's, it's too spelled with a P. Well, it's it's too close to Hephaestus, like the Greek god of like the. Oh, that makes way more sense. Right, who like who builds things? Who builds? Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then of course, Athena is basically <laughs> Athena. Athena. Yeah, yeah. Gilgamesh. Yeah. It, well, what's the speedster's name? What was Mar- her name? Markari. Mark. Oh, like Mercury. Yep. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It all, it all kind of seems really. That's a good point. Yeah. It all kind of seems derivative when you, when you look kind of oh, okay. relatively and, close at it. And this was the first. This was the first film, Marvel film that I've never seen in theaters. Um, decided to to yeah. skip this one, and uh, I did not on purpose. It was just like, oh, I'll see that next week, and I just never saw never it. Did. Um, and uh, so I remember when I finished watching it, I was like, it feels like a film that shouldn't have been made, and not in a bad way, but it just feels like something that would have never gotten past that committee of people that go, this film is not commercial enough. So I'm, yeah. it, I'm happy in that way that it even exists because yeah. it does feel like a film that's almost like spitting in the face of the commercialism of these other Marvel movies. Um, and good or bad, I think that that was interesting. Um, so I don't, I would, it would go towards the bottom of my list if I were you know, to put a number on it. Uh, it but I did like it more than Shang-Chi. I would say I would watch Shang-Chi again before I'd watch this again, but 
I don't know. I'm glad it exists. It's weird. Um, it's not great, but it, it, after hearing so many bad things about it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I don't know. Yeah, I think in it's a weird way, I have a little sweet spot for it, even though it's not a great movie. I think I think one reason is because it's well shot. And so there's just a whole lot of beauty like in the frame. And I think that that's that's one that's one thing about it that makes it like I, I did rewatch it. Well, the first I rewatched it because I was like, I'm not sure I understood what happened. And so I watched it again right. like, for clarity. <laughs> but I was watching and I was like a, a director who cares about what she puts on the screen made this movie. And it, and it right. was definitely apparent that it was it was well made and well put yes. together. Um and that there was a certain, there was an amount of love and thought that went into, even if I'm not connecting to these characters all the way, like I can tell that this is, you know, this is put together really well by somebody right. who knows what they're doing. You know, I, I will say real quickly too, like on the flip side of that, I think like the, the worst parts of the Marvel universe came to a head here for me with like the Kit Harrington thing, because it was like that character was literally just introduced so he could be in the stinger at the end. Yeah. And I, I hate that sort of stuff. Um, mm. So I don't know. It, it well, has this, like this. This also had the dumb stinger with Patton Oswalt and Harry Styles that made me cringe from every ounce of my body. Well, yeah. And it's like, I thought that was so odd because Eros plays a huge role in the Infinity Gauntlet comic storyline, and yeah. which has obviously already happened, right? So it's odd to introduce him now. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, strange. I don't know anything about that character, but I was just like, I, I don't know. I can't buy this dude as Thanos's brother, and <laughs> and I can't buy Patton Oswalt as a human anymore. Like, like obviously he's not playing a human, but you know what I mean. Like, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't buy that he exists as a as a person that exists anymore. <laughs> so, I feel like Patton Oswalt. Anytime I hear, because uh, I love Patton Oswalt, don't get me wrong, but every I time I hear him, it's just it, he does the same voice for it. It's just oh, it's Patton Oswalt. I can never hear yes. it as like a, yeah. a, character, a character, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, in the Infinity Gauntlet comic, Thanos removes Eros's mouth so he can't speak. Oh, it's really yeah. creepy. Wish somebody would remove Harry Styles' mouth. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just. I'm just. You're like, I wish someone would remove "What If" from I Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> you seen it? It stinks. It's, it's awful. The missing. I just picture you turning into like Frank Costanza, like crazy. I'm like, what if? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um well let's bring it let's let's uh oh shit all right here it comes don't off. say that let's don't, br- i didn't mean to but i got i have to now. let's bring it home no way home no way oh. home. well done well done sir all right so spider-man yeah i, I don't know i'm just dust and i talked a little bit about this uh yeah. the other day but like i, I think i i mused at some point in some recent episode of the show like the more will movies like Spider-Man have rewatch value once people have watched them and absorbed the novelty of what it offers. So I watched the movie, you know, twice in a single day. I watched it again, again, for clarity as well. I had, I was watching children during it. So there's just a lot going on, but let's be clear. You're watching your children. Yes. Thank you, Dustin. Okay. You're welcome. I was at home with my own children. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, on. so the, <laughs> um, on the one hand, it's really cool to see those three actors together. Um, I think 
the damned internet ruined a lot of that just by surprising me with screen grabs from it to where I was like, okay, well, great. Now I've seen them in this scene. Oh, Jesus. Now I've seen them in this scene, you know, and that's just, I couldn't get out and see the movie in December or January. And then I had to wait till April to watch it. And that was agonizing as a person living on earth um, for that reason. So, I mean, I ultimately prefer to feel meh about a movie and then come up on it over time than to love it and then steadily realize I don't love it that much because in the long run, all that matters is is where I settle, not my first reaction. So I'm fine with not being blown away by it in that sense because um, there's still a lot to appreciate. Seeing the actors together, um, seeing uh, and them actually serving story function not just like, Hey, we're here. What do you need? It's like, we're going to mentor you because we're, we're more experienced at being Spider-Man than you are. And there's things we can offer you as characters who have, you know, lived life in a way that you haven't. And so, but but there's just a little bit too much in the movie that was like, this is great. This is nice. And it's fun, but it's one of those, like where you, you pull back from it and you go, okay, like, but compared to the other films, like, you know, what's this have going for it? And, Ultimately, it's really fun, um, but I almost wonder if I do or don't like it more than Far From Home as a standalone film. Um, Far From Home feels, I don't know, there's always, there's, there's, there, the, the, the Spider-Man movies are actually really well structured standalone films, each of them in their own way. There's, there's an, there's an amount of Peter not knowing something or not having a handle on something in the beginning and then like, you know, self-actualizing even further by the end. So as a trilogy, they're, they're pretty great. Um, and they all three feel the first one, maybe the least of which, but just because it's the first one, but they all feel like Spider-Man stories. Like even as much as Marvel took Peter Parker and made him part of an ensemble immediately, they feel like Spider-Man stories. Um, there's a there's plenty there's plenty going on to oppose Peter Parker that in in a way that we all love to see. I haven't quite settled, um, but I think I was expecting to love it a little more than I did. But that doesn't mean I don't love it. Um, I don't know. Hard to explain. Anyways, I tried. What about you guys? <laughs> um, yeah, I I think so. If this gives you any sort of like view of the spectrum in my head of where these movies fall i'd give this three and a half stars out of five Mm -hmm. um i don't love it yeah um i have fun with it but i don't love it um and 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 i think to answer your question i think i do prefer far from home as a film um to to no way home i like no way home um i think i think that um yeah it's it's a lot of fun obviously there's a lot going for it you've got um, old characters returning and they do a great job. I mean, they're great. There, there are moment, there are moments that are genuinely as I'll say iconic as, as any of the other films have been. Um, you know, I, I think of the, the moment that, uh, that, that Norman turns in this, yeah. the, the, the moment that, you know, that, that line, uh, uh, what is it? Norman, 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 Norman Savannah, Savannah, honey. it's like, that's so good. Like, this is so fun. And, and, you know, the fight with, with goblin in that, in that, uh, building is yeah. great. Um, I love, 
just just so much about Willem Dafoe went so hard in this movie. I did not. Yeah, think. he could have coasted, and dude, like, yeah. showed up everybody. Yeah, and I like that and, that bit at the end on the shield where he's just like yeah. laughing as he's getting punched repeatedly. It's a, yeah, yes. mm-hmm. it's so good. Excellent. And um, in the hallway, he's getting elbowed in the face and he just like there, there's two like fearful looks from Norman before the third is just the goblin just going yeah. like, yeah. like and it, it was it was terrifying. I was like, yeah. I was like, fuck, that's disturbing. Yep, it's so good. And, and, and that that whole sequence with the death of May is actually surprisingly well done. Really well um, done. I, I think I think I I'm still I just laughing at Oprah's faces. I'm sorry. God. <laughs> what? Yeah, do it again. Do it again. The faces that you this, did. This is great, listener. You'll love this. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the sort of That's stuff it. I don't get anymore over the phone. Oh, I, I can't see the faces. I know. Um, I'm still doing them. I just. I'm sorry, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, man. Um. Yeah, I, I there, there's just some some really cool iconic moments in this. I, I think I could have felt the death of Aunt May more, um, like they if they had lingered on it more, like really given it some more weight. Um, but but I can't fault it for for that. Like it does it does a serviceable job, and and you do feel it, and you do feel Peter's pain. Um, I think um, you know my grief with the film is I think it's a lazily written film. Um, and, and I think, um, it has the, 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 it has the sheen to it that makes you think like, oh, this is really smart. Like it's, it ties the whole trilogy into an actual origin story. Like this is just the origin of Peter. And it makes you think like when you leave the theater, like, oh, that was really smart. The truth is the, the screenplay is really lazy. Um, you know, you have the moment that, that climactic fight there where, where Aunt May dies, um, uh, Dr. Octopus just pieces out for the rest of the film. Like he's just gone. Where's he going? He, I, I assume right. he just went to Walmart and like bought some, some sunglasses or something like he didn't do any, it, like he just disappeared. Like, where, where's he at? Yeah. Um, you know, and like all of those characters, they just disappear. Where do they go? We don't know. Well, one of one of my big gripes was the Sandman because yes. it, it was like they had to bend some characters to fit the narrative that they were setting up. And the Sandman is like, redeemed at the end of spider-man 3 him and spider-man come to an understanding he's not a good person i mean what he did was bad but he's redeemed by the end of the film right and then in this film it was like he has to be a bad guy again for this sequence and he's just that whole thing but that that's the sort of stuff that bogged down and i'll talk about it more when i talk about but it bogged down the the movie for me Um, i agree I think I think they tried to get around that by saying like his motivation isn't the same as Electro or or the Lizard or whatever. Yeah. And it's like well yeah, but he's still fighting Spider Man. Right. Like, he was never a super villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I I agree. I think I think that that's another sort of lazy point. So so it doesn't do the the big narrative work. And here's what I mean by that. So you have this premise. The premise is, and, and I want, I'm, I'm genuinely curious if you guys are on board with this premise, because I thought I was, and I don't think I actually am. And I'll, and I'll be quick that the point is, um, so, so, so the idea is that the, the villains come to, to this world and, and Peter has a button and can press this button and send them back to their world in an instant. But he finds out that they'll, that they die in their world. So in, in essence, him pressing the button sends them to their deaths. So he decides, I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to cure them. 
Um, and then what they live in his world or he sends them back then because he still sends them back at the end of this film. Are we to presume that they go back and live happily ever after or do the do, or, do, or do they do they go back? Like, is there now, now a branch timeline where Doc Ock survives the end of Spider-Man 2? And like, I that's don't what know. I assumed. I yeah. don't like that. I don't like that idea. Um, and I think that convolutes the whole thing. And I know I think the it's idea like Spider-Man 2 still exists, but this is an alternate timeline now where Doc Ock does come back and survive and is a good, yeah, I, a redeemed I, I character. Like, I don't like that. I also yeah. think it's still, I also think it plays because this is ultimately a child's, you know, uh, perception of the moral choice. Whereas Dr. Strange is like, don't change anything, please. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that, that's my point is I, I don't think I'm on board with that premise. I don't think that him pressing the button sends them to their death or, or is immoral for him to do. Um, and so the idea that the whole film is structured around, we're going to take an ethical stance, which is it's, it is unethical for Spider-Man to press this button. I don't think I agree. I don't think I agree. I think I think that sending them back to their world where they truly belong uh, is not it does not implicate Peter as a murderer. I think those those characters like he even says it at one point in the film to Toby and and Peter, whatever, whatever happened in your worlds, that's on you. That's not on me. Um, Yeah. And and but Peter never even murdered anybody. Right. Yeah, yeah, they didn't do they, it. I guess you could say he murdered the symbiote, right? By throwing the pumpkin sure. bomb in there. Sure. That's and, it. And then and then Eric Foreman jumped in there with it. But, but, yes. but the yeah, I just don't know that I'm on board with that premise. I, I think that that the 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 nuance of it was never explored, but it was just assumed that everybody would agree that it's better for Peter to withhold and like essentially hold them ransom in his universe while he has his way with them. Um, and I don't think, and that's an oversimplification, but I don't think that that's truly, um, but I don't think that's too far off the mark that, that he thinks it's better for him to play God and do what he wants to do for them than send them back to their death, which they've, I mean, that's the way their story played out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I don't know that I'm fully on board. I understand it. I completely understand it and can buy it within the context of the story. But on rewatch, I'm like, yeah, but if you just press the button, the whole movie, like Aunt May's alive and like everything's cool and you can still talk your way into MIT and you still have MJ as your girlfriend and you're still friends with Ned and like everything's cool. Just press the button, man. So like on, 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 on repeat, like, is this is on a repeat viewing? Is this the most easily solved film in history? Like that all he has to do is go boop and the whole movie ends better for him. And, and is that not, I guess that's the, the premise of Spider-Man is that he won't press the button, even though that would be better for him. Right. Like he sacrifices what he it was wants the ethical for, choice. for what he thinks is right. Yeah. The question is, I don't know that he's right about what's right. Fair enough. So I will say too, speaking of, of lazy writing, d- does anyone understand the method or I guess the time at which each character was brought over? Because some of that d- made zero sense to me. It, I, yeah. I think it was when they learned that Peter was Spider-Man. Yeah. But in some cases that doesn't make any sense. Well, right. Because and that was another thing where they had to just bend 
well, you just don't think about it too much and it'll be fine type of thing. Because Electro never knew. Right. And and speaking of Electro and lazy writing, hey, why do you look different in this universe? I don't know, man, but I'm cool now. (laughs) And it was like, I got the impression that the Sandman had was almost pulled from the same place that um, uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was where it was yeah. years down the road, because I think sure. I've only seen it once, mind you, because I've never had a rewatch on this. But I, if, if memory serves, when you first see the Spider-Man, he goes, Peter, do you remember me? I'm Flint Marco. Almost inferring like time had passed. It's so while. it's like, but he knew he was Spider-Man like long before that. I don't know. Yeah. Some of that, yeah. that sort of stuff really bothered me. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if not it bothered dimension, anyone else. Not to mention Eddie Brock at the end. What's he doing there? Oh like, God! I, uh, I, I know that I understand the explanation. I hate it, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I was okay with that because I think whenever I saw, because I didn't watch Venom too, um, but I think I've never when, seen any of them. Venom is terrible. Yeah, I I I hated it. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Um, Venom is Hooper's is what my if. what if. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I, I did not like it. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and I like the Eminem song at the end, even less. Um, <laughs> oh, just Google it when we're done, John. It's, it's, oh, I thought it's you were talking about this movie. I was like, what? No, Eminem not- song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember seeing that stinger where he's like, oh, let's, we should probably, you know, meet this Peter Parker. And then like something the, the background outside changes or something and it's implied oh venom's entering the mcu i remember seeing people like comment about that like on online being like tom hardy's in the mcu now and blah blah, blah. and I, was, I remember thinking like please don't do this don't don't do this i i hate venom i don't want venom to be a part and so i liked that they were basically like it's cool he's not going anywhere we're not letting venom anywhere near tom holland <laughs> like yeah, yeah, think yeah. again and then they just sent him back like three minutes after he arrived in the universe i still didn't like it I would say like for like general thoughts, I, I did like this movie a lot. I thought it was really fun. If you just don't think about it very much. Um, <laughs> and uh, like, it was, it was great seeing those three Spider-Man actors together. I thought they had really great chemistry together for the most part. Um, I think I even like, I mean, I will say I didn't think Tobey Maguire was firing on all, all cylinders. He wasn't, I don't know. He just seemed like he was, he was older. I mean, you know, it was a different take. Um, and uh, it was hard for me to see the same Peter, if I'm being honest. Uh, but um, I thought he did fine. I thought Andrew Garfield was really great in this, um, considering he wasn't a great Spider-Man in his own movies. Um, and it was great seeing all those villains back. I think I even liked that more than seeing uh, the Spider-Man characters themselves back. I like seeing Willem Dafoe. I like seeing Alfred Molina. And, and uh, I, you know, give it, even with the character change, I like Jamie Foxx a lot more in this than I did in amazing spider-man 2 for instance um and yeah it was it was fun i will say those those issues really dragged down my enjoyment of it though it it, because it it was so it's odd it'll be odd watching this film 30 years from now when like memes aren't a thing and it's like yeah he said that thing about his back remember and it was like you're right about that oh my god and it was like too hopeful yeah, Thirty years yeah, from now, well, memes is—that's all that exists. Memes are memes. And we're done with memes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> memes are my what if. Um, <laughs> you know that, like in thirty years, instead of like Andy Warhol paintings and fancy houses, it's just gonna be like screen prints of old memes, memes and, and yeah. NFTs. I wish I hadn't uh, just said that. I probably just spoke that into existence. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, I hated the line where Norman said, I'm something of a scientist myself. Um, stuff like that. I, I left an awful taste in my mouth. Um, it was a throwaway line that a man said like a long time ago. And this, it's like, why? Yeah. I don't it, know. It's, Silly. It, it's stank. Uh, it's stank <laughs> of, of what are yeah. the most popular, what are the, yeah. Like what are, what are yeah. mean yeah. lines? Like, let's just do some it, quick it, research. What do people remember the, about the Spider-Man movies? Exactly. There were so many like moments that were designed to just be like, Woo, like in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I hate when movies do that. Um, yeah. Because they don't last and, because then ultimately you're at home watching them with one or two other people. Yeah. And there's no, yeah. there's no clapping because you're and at there home. There were moments that were like legitimate for that. Like when the, the um, characters come through the portals and stuff, that was, yeah. that was neat. And that yes. was like an, Oh my gosh moment, but yeah. not everything has to be that. Um, and um, I will say too, like the ending, the thing that hit me the most emotionally was not like Pete, the Peter's hugging at the end or even Aunt May's death. But it was like, um, when Peter's at the at the uh, grave and Happy Hogan is there, mm-hmm. because it was like these are two characters that have been together for a while, and and Happy Hogan was like Peter's mentor, like his real mentor, maybe even more than Tony Stark. So seeing that, like, because and that was like an MCU relationship. It wasn't built on you having seen, you know, uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man movies or whatever. It was like self contained within those really those three Spider Man movies, yeah. um, and that that was like that hit me harder than the other stuff because it was, it was contained to that film series and And there wasn't a lot of emotional legwork that you had to do to reach that point. It was like, he doesn't even remember that this dude even exists, you know? And and that, that, that's as an extension of that, because I felt the same way. And I also thought it just, it it caused me to think like if Stark were alive, he would also forget him. And that's sad as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what hit me the hardest to that point, John is his, him losing his relationship with MJ and Ned. Um, you know, that, that's, that's within this world. And, and that moment of like, I'll find you, I'll find you, I'll find you meant more to me than any of the other moments. Even, you know, the one that everybody talks about, which is, you know, Andrew catching MJ is like, like, that's the big moment for everybody. I liked that one a lot. I did like that too. I did. I did like it, but that's not the biggest moment for me. Sure. I, I will say too, like there were a lot of scenes. There's a scene towards the end where, and this sh- this was like a scene designed for people our age, and it was uh, uh, Otto Octavius, and he had the arc reactor, and he goes like the power of the sun, and then uh, Toby. Toby Peter lands. He says in the palm of your hand, and he rips off the mask, and it's older Toby, and the Sam Raimi music is playing, and they have this little moment, and the whole time I don't. It was like just designed to get me to feel a certain way. And it just didn't, I don't know, stuff like that didn't land. I felt like I was being manipulated and. It, I, I did like that moment. That, that moment landed for me. I, I, I didn't hate it. I mean, I still yeah. enjoyed it, but it, sure. I, I felt like it was a moment designed to like pe- make, make like people our age tear up or cry. Or it, was just, it felt hollow to do in better. that sense to me. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. But but I think I think that uh, the thing that that bothered me about that, the climax was Toby gets stabbed. Yeah. And then like and then like two seconds later, gone. he's like standing and he's like, there's one throwaway line like you're in pain, aren't you? Oh, yeah. You know, like that. Well, then it, he goes, right? I've been stabbed before. It's OK. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what yeah. And, and it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's oh, like, wow. Way to just remove all of the emotion from the fact that he sacrificed himself to save tom holland's peter mm-hmm. and granted had they killed toby i would i would have burned the theater down to, to ash <laughs> yeah but 
especially, for legal especially, purposes, you don't especially mean that. being killed by a character that he has he survived in his first movie. Correct. If that character yeah. then somehow was alive and murdered him when he was forty five. Yes. Had I seen that, I would have eaten my own hat and died of suffocation. <laughs> but but the but but yeah, I it that was like a big moment. Like he got stabbed, and then just like suddenly he's up again, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Man, just kind of lazy. It's just kind of yeah, lazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And and that's sort of what it is. And then and then even in that climax, like strange. What if they what if everybody forgets me? I'm like, that's where your mind jumped first. Not like, hey, what if everybody forgot Mysterio? Like, then the whole thing's done. You know, like <laughs> like I guess the idea is that the damage is done and you know it has to be him, but I'm like, man, this like let's workshop this a minute. Strange. Like Steven, hold on. There's no hold time, on. Dustin. They're coming Help through, me. and I can't stop them. <laughs> There's Craven the Hunter silhouette. <laughs> we, we, we've got we've got time for me to go down there and say, "I'll find you, MJ. I'll find you. That's true. I'll find you, Ned. Hey, Don't worry, I'm gonna go buddy. say goodbye Let's to my friends. Let's do a secret handshake while the world ends. <laughs> I'm gonna go by. I'm gonna go say goodbye to my loved ones, maybe for the last time. It's gonna take about six minutes. While I'm down there, please fucking think of something. Think of please something. Think dude. of something else. Just find time. Call Wong. He'll know what to do. You know, well, well, speaking of Doctor Strange, he's too busy, busy fighting the abomination <laughs> for fun. True. For funsies, um, I will say too, it's easy for Doctor Strange to get lost in this movie because there's so much other stuff going on. But and I get that I'm Nick I'm being nitpicky at this point. I get that it's Spider Man's movie and this and that. But I, I felt it, it was ludicrous that Peter was <laughs> able to overpower Strange in the mirror dimension, and then I it was even more egregious that. Uh, Ned was able to use the sling ring multiple times uh, with zero training. <laughs> That's what it is, dude. Like, oh man! And there's that that throwaway. He's like, "Magic is in my family." I was like, "What?" And, and I love like I I love Doctor Strange, like the the first Doctor Strange film, and I love that sequence where it shows him learning to do all that stuff and how long it took and what what dedication that took. And it was just like. Yeah, it's not that guy can just do it for, yeah, for plot's sake. And I was like, what is this? I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, like, and I love the Marvel movies. And I feel like I, I hold them to a certain standard. And there were things like that that were just like, come on, y'all, y'all are better than this. I don't know. They, they did the thing in the mirror dimension. It's so lazy because he's like, ah. Oh. Uh, Pythagorean theorem and and uh, uh, the pot, hypotenuse of the of the circumference and it's just, he's just throwing out words like yeah. the, the the writers just googled like smart people words and like and so that's all that's all that Peter says and then and then at the end he's like how did you do this and he's like math and I'm like that's the only explanation they were literally like smart people words and smart things oh math is smart and like that was the explanation. And Doctor Strange is like a surgeon. It's not yeah. like he's dumb. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I know. That's that's literally what it was. Is yeah, God, man. I'm, I'm just so like proud y'all of couldn't think. Y'all, y'all couldn't think of just some other way for him to actually defeat Doctor Strange. Which, granted, may be a long shot, but it, there's got to be something other than just I'm gonna mutter random <laughs> words that I yeah. learned in a flashcard and like. Well, that and, and like. Within the MCU and the comics universe, there's like power scaling, right? Certain characters are stronger. Certain characters would beat other characters in a fight, right? I feel like Doctor Strange, his power is far above Spider-Man. No offense to Spider-Man. He's great. But, you know, and I get that this is Spider-Man's movie, so you're going to have to like shift. But it was like, uh, So then write a sequence where they don't fight. 
Like that, that's the, yeah. that's the answer. The answer yeah. is think a little bit harder and come up with, if, if you can't write yourself out of the corner of how do they fight and Peter wins, then don't have them fight. Come up with something different. But Dustin, right. there's no time. They're coming through and I can't stop them. No, 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 no. The real reason is, oh, my God, Sony set the release date. Crap. Just write it. I don't I was, know. I was going to say that, that we have to remember that this is ultimately Sony's film and yeah. the, the yeah. Sony hired the writers and Sony did look at the script and said, yep. And yeah. they decided it was yeah. good. And there's a lot of good things that end up in here and a lot of nuance in the movie that I feel like is at the hand of like John Watts and Kevin Feige. Like all the all the nuance, all the dynamics that we like in the movie, that feels like the director's and the producer's hand, you know, and the actors. But everything that's bad about it, like plot holes and lazy writing and stuff like that, I just that I see that as the studio just green lighting ideas that just needed a little bit more workshopping. Yeah. And I will say too, I like I it's not like I, I it sounds like I hated this movie or something. I I, I liked it a no, lot. Same, I thought same. it was great. I have it on 4K. Uh, I do too. But it's just those those things leapt out at me. And and because I had higher expectations than say the Eternals or something, right? Those things stick out. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I do not hate this film. This is my favorite of the movies we've talked about tonight. Mm-hmm. The problem is just like you. I'm going to hold it to a higher standard for a bunch of reasons. One, because it's Marvel, but two, because it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man deserves the best of the best. Like as much as I love Steve Rogers, as much as I love Tony Stark, Spider-Man is so much infinitely higher than them to me. And so to me, that, that bar is, is, is really high and you have to clear it. You have to think hard and come up with something that that challenges that character, and well, especially when you're using versions of the characters that we have have known for like you know what twenty years almost, you know. Well, and I, I speaking of that, more too, than twenty this, years, right? Right, two thousand one. Yep, yep two thousand one. This will, this will be my last point, right? So, <laughs> speaking of that, I also like I understand the reluctance to answer questions about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield post their films. Um, but, but then don't bring it up because that also feels lazy to me that when they're like, uh, I think Andrew asks Toby, like, um, so do you have somebody like, you know, whatever. And, and he's like, uh, it's complicated. But then like two seconds later, he says, we make it work. And I'm like, well, d- is it working or is <laughs> yeah. it not working? Cause that's pretty not complicated. Coy. Dustin, there's yeah. no time. They're coming through and we can't stop like, them. You, you have take a stance writers. Tell me, give me the happily ever after. Just, just be like all, all they had to do. This is the easiest thing in the world was, do you have somebody? And Toby holds up a finger and he's got a ring on his finger. <laughs> that's so it. I that's all you meant. You I thought you meant this finger. <laughs> That would also answer the question. But the but the point is like it, keeping it like coy like that is is uh it's just weird because I'm like, I understand you don't want to destroy the legacy of what came before, and you do run the risk, like uh if you say like, oh yeah, me and MJ are happy, then all the people who hated MJ are gonna be like, Well, I hate this new movie because it says he ended up with MJ and I hated MJ. And like you took a stance, right? But the thing is. Take a stance. Well, like, just tell me. You yeah. wonder if they're. You wonder if they're going. Should, should depending on how this goes, should we make more movies with these two? Because now everyone wants like a, a an Andrew a yeah. third Andrew Garfield movie, 
even though I've, I've heard a lot of people saying Spider-Man four with Andrew Garfield, except he never had a third. So right. people can't count. <laughs> uh, and, and I must say, say too, that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies are still terrible. They are. I think that there's kind of like the prequels. There's time has come around and now people go, Oh, they weren't that bad. They are bad. They are they bad. bad. They are very yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he is great. It's not but, his fault, but yeah, it's not his fault, but, but his characterization in those t- films is terrible. And he was, he was, he was course corrected in this movie because the entire creative team is different <laughs> yeah, and, and that's right. except for, except for him, the performer. So he's allowed to kind of be the Peter Parker that I presume he always wanted to portray, but it doesn't retroactively make his films better. No, right. But yeah. like, but, but, you know, going back to the thing of like, you know, the relationships just to piggyback on your final point was that, you know, it would have been easy for them to go, look, we're not making any more movies with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. So let's just go ahead and like, let's go ahead and like, what were, what were their characters in Let's, let's give them like, what, where are their characters headed or concluding? Like Tobey Maguire is not going to do any more Spider-Man movies. Can we, can we just write an ending for him and have him just like allude to it so that we can, like you said, take a stand, just have him be like, yeah, you know, we, I, I'm, 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 I'm still Spider-Man in my world occasionally, but like, I'm not, I'm kind of getting out of it or what I just something like, and then it's the same with Andrew Garfield, like just kind of, you don't have to keep it vague. There's nothing, you're not going to have to follow this up and adhere to this continuity. And even because for God's sake, if you really did make more movies, just say it's a different Andrew Garfield, not the one who went to this universe. Well, and, a multiverse. And were, exactly. They, they were, they were shaky with Andrew too. If you, if you recall, because they said like, uh, after him, after uh, Gwen died, I, I really lost my way for a while and got mm-hmm. really violent and killed a bunch of people. He doesn't say that, but you know, like, went, I mean, well, like here, that though, right? Yeah, <laughs> but but here he is still in his like bright colors and like I'm happy go lucky. And yeah. it's not like because they wouldn't commit to having him be like the evil like Andrew Garfield version, but they still wanted to do the legwork and say like I got vengeful. But it's like, but you, but we didn't see that, and you're not showing it now. So why bring it up? I went through some. I shit. think the exact words were like, I, I stopped pulling my punches or something yes, like I that. I stopped pulling my punches. Yeah. I was like, did you kill somebody? But, but man, <laughs> that would be this? interesting to see, wouldn't it? Like I stopped pulling my sure. punches, but I'm better now. Yeah. And cause yeah. I'm just thinking like, a, like I stopped pulling my punches and I'm just thinking like a family guy cutaway to like a street full of like blown up heads and like lumped over bodies that just got punched in the, punched in the head by Spider-Man. I'm just thinking as of your Norman Osborn could. face. <laughs> <laughs> Did the one before that the normal one? Really. Oh, the, the, oh. <laughs> it's gonna haunt your dreams. Oh my god, Norman's on sabbatical. <laughs> also, it was odd to me that they didn't have any uh, footage of uh, Thomas Hayden Church. It was so yeah. so odd. And then they had like two shots from what looked like Spider Man Three at the end, when it when he had to. You know, be, be cured or whatever. Yeah. Very, very bizarre. But the it was his thing. voice. It's the same with the lizard. It's the same uh, with Reese was, Iphans. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was footage from. They had Amazing him. One. They had him for the voice, but in terms of like, yeah, live action, it was it was old footage or yeah. unused footage. Oh, did, did you catch that, that really clever writing when they said when Toby said, "No, man, you're amazing." Yes, <laughs> it's clever. You it's are clever. amazing. He says it twice. You are amazing. Yeah, you are amazing. That, um, it was also weird too that that uh, and I know we're, we're just being a dead horse. But Doctor Strange goes, they they all died fighting Spider Man. It's like, 
Not all of them. Several of them no, were they alive. Didn't. They're still here. <laughs> right, right. Unless, unless Doctor Strange has <laughs> read the scripts to their undeveloped sequels yeah. <laughs> and been like, well, they, it, were, it bothers they were all because, eventually going to die fighting Spider-Man because, in, in the next film. Yeah, because I do like Spider-Man 3 and I like the Sandman. Like, I was excited to see that character again because he was like, I don't know. I really liked that the, that version of the character. And it was just kind of like, oh, this is odd. It's like he's here, but he's not here. I don't know. Yeah. Doctor Strange read the Sony hacks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Would have all died one way or the other. The post credit scene is just him having tea with Amy Pascal. Pascal getting a sandwich thrown at him, and then he opens a <laughs> yeah. portal right before it gets to his face. And, and it, it and opens it turn, up next to her head. Opens it behind her. And- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. That's great. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, we'll pre- end on that note. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to catch up with me on these things. Yeah. So yeah, the next of course. The, the next time we sit down, it'll be Doctor Strange and uh, Moon Knight. I hope I hope I like it better than What If. <laughs> I hope you do too. Yeah. For your sake. Have For you, your sake, Commander. I yeah. hope so. Sad. This whole episode was just me saying it's awful. I hate it. No, I hate the world. No, I, I was watching uh, Endgame with my mom over the weekend, and uh, and just speaking of like a bar of quality and like really enjoying things, and you know maybe a couple plot holes here and there, or like ignored, like eh, don't worry about that things. But like for the most part, just like every little piece of that movie, how how well it works, you you just go like. It, it's it's kind of cliche to go like, yeah, I love like the biggest Marvel movie that's ever been made, but it's just, I have so much love for every little decision that went into that film that I just, I had that, that's like my bar of quality for a lot of these things. Just like that level of detail and care and planning pays off and you know, yep. you can't culminate every single thing you're doing in every single movie. You have movies like Shang-Chi where you're introducing people, but just, you know, as time goes on, It'll, we'll be looking to see like our subsequent films and s- sequels and whatever else. Like, are they taking the time to pay off these little moments or develop these little moments into the next thing? You know? Yeah. 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 So anyway, now right. biggest point. Well, b- bottom line, bottom line f- for me, fa- phase four has been Rocky, but, but it's the rebuild and, right. and phase five, I have every reason to believe we'll take those pieces Yep. Turn them into something that matters so that then phase six, whatever, you yeah. know, it's like feels it, meaningful. It'll, it'll, it becomes something like in the game again. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, it, it's fine. It, it, it's essentially a new TV show at this point. It's mm-hmm. a spinoff. Yeah. And and the spinoff takes a second, just like any show takes a second to find its footing. Yeah, but it can be it's great. Fine. But it can be great. Yeah. yeah. Excellent, Dustin. What a button. What a button you made there. Yeah. Just put a bow on it. Put a bow Mwah. on it. Pop. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Mwah. Mwah. So good. So yummy. Also, <laughs> you, you, you guys totally chef kissed at the exact same time. <laughs> We're in the same room. <laughs> we didn't want to say anything. We- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I could have done without seeing that. We're we're killing Dustin. <laughs> we're no, just more than what if. No, you can't. You can't kill me more than what if already killed me. How many episodes did what if have? 
nine tumors. I died nine missing? times. Okay. <laughs> if you were a cat, you'd still be dead. If I was a cat, I'd have, I'd have used all my lives. 